Hey, y'all, thank you so much for tuning into this message. We hope that it speaks to your life. And if you have questions, please contact us. You can contact us on the website, thousandhillsranchchurch.com or thousandhillsranchchurch at yahoo.com. And then you can also call us at 580-216-6427. And may God use this message to change your life. Um, Well, last week we started a new series a new series called Don't Call Him a Cowboy. Go ahead. You guys sing this with me if you know it. Turn that baby up. So don't call him a Come on now. Cowboy. You know it. Until you, you see him ride. Come on. We're in church. All it's okay. Them fancy boots. Don't tell you what's inside. No. Come on now. And if he ain't good in the saddle, Lord, you won't be satisfied. So don't call him a cowboy. All right, yeah, that's a good song, amen, right there? I like me a little Conway Twitty there. Um, But we looked at, um, last week we looked at, uh, and we started this series called Don't Call Him a Cowboy. And the idea of this series, it's kind of like the song says, that Stetson hat and them fancy boots don't tell you what's inside. Here's the thing. Here's what we're going to be studying for the next few weeks. We're going to be studying how we can go from just being religious to having a relationship. Going from just looking like a Christian to being a true Christian. You know, a lot of cowboys, um, <clears throat> you know, if you were to, to, to poll real cowboys, cowboys that, you know, do it every day, they don't compartmentalize what they do or who they are. I mean, if they wear this on, on Monday, they wear this every day. If they go into a highfalutin area with a bunch of yuppies, they wear their cowboy hat and their wranglers just like everybody, just like they would every day, right? They don't compartmentalize their faith. They are who they are. But here's the thing. A lot of cowboys, and again, this isn't good, bad, or ugly. If you're a drugstore cowboy or a wannabe cowboy, be the best wannabe cowboy that you can be, right? But here's the thing. It, it's not enough to look like a cowboy, right? I mean, you got to live it. And it's not enough to even just, on the opposite side of that, you may have heard it said that, you know, cowboy is what's in your heart. And I believe that as well. I mean, it's got to be in your heart as well. But listen, if you're going to be a true cowboy, I believe, and this again is my, just my opinion, you ought to have both. You ought to look like it, and you ought to live like it. You ought to have it on the inside. Well, here's the truth. The, the same thing can be said about Christianity, and, 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 and I think that um, what, I, what I'm trying to do through this series is to open the eyes of some people that may have been raised in a religious church that taught them a bunch of rules to live by and never taught them about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not about a bunch of rules, is it? It's not about just looking the part, getting all dressed up and having a fancy, you know, hairdo or fancy hat. It's not about any of that stuff. It's not even about talking the talk just to talk the talk and tipping our hats on Sunday mornings, that's what, it's, that's what it's about for religious people. The truth is, it's all about a relationship. It's all about a relationship. Religion is not the answer. Remember the quote from the, the famous uh, church leader last week? Uh, a reporter asked him and said, what is the best religion? And his answer, I love his answer. He, he said this, They'll all send you to hell. 
they'll all send you to hell. You know why? Because it's not about religion. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so last week we began our look on how do we go from being religious to having a relationship. Um, again, maybe, maybe you grew up in a church where you know, it was more about what you look like and maybe about what, what you even did at church and then you just kind of left and nothing was different. I don't know. I mean, maybe you did. Maybe, I, I know some people did. But here's the thing. I, I want to, um, I want to kill that idea. Because here's why. And some of you guys are like, why are you picking on religious people? I'm not picking on them. I want to see them come into a personal relationship. That's my goal. I don't want to see them die and go to hell because they went through the motions of being a religious person. And then they get to the pearly gates and he says, I never knew you. Do you see the difference? And so don't think, hey, Bo's just picking on religious people. I mean, he hates churches. No, I don't. We're a church. I mean, that's, that's what we do. I mean, we are a church, but here's the difference. I don't want to give you a bunch of rules to live by so that you can just be a goody two-shoes and just walk around like you're all bad to the bone. I want you to have a true, personal relationship with Jesus Christ that thrives. And that loves Jesus with all you've got. And so last week we began our look on how do we go from being religious to having a real relationship with God. And, and here's where it starts. Number one was this. It starts on the inside. It starts on the inside. It's not about going through a class. It's not about joining a church. It's not about signing a card. Not about, not about walking out. It starts on the inside, uh, a truth, the truth is a true relationship with God starts on the inside. Here's the thing. So many people are just posers. They pose like a Christian, but they don't possess Jesus in their life. And you say, well, how do we go from being a poser to a possessor? The Bible teaches us in Matthew 23, and we read this last week. I'm not going to read all of it, but it says, first, you have to clean the inside of the cup and dish. Then the outside will also be clean. You know what the point is? The point is you got to start on the inside. It's not about coming to church and going, hey, I'm all cleaned up. I'm ready to go. No, it's about allowing Jesus to clean you up on the inside, not just on the outside. Jesus tells us that we have to become clean first. And you say, well, how do we get clean? We repent of our sin and we turn to Jesus for forgiveness. It's that simple. And so it starts on the inside. Number two, a relationship with Jesus on the inside can be seen on the outside. See, a lot of people think, oh, you know, it's private. I mean, my relationship with Jesus is private. I don't want to talk about my relationship with Jesus. I, I, it's just private between me and the Lord. You know the example that I like to use for that uh, excuse, which is pretty sorry? It's like if I didn't wear my wedding ring. Uh, my wife and I, we're private people. I mean, seriously, I mean, I'm just going gonna, gonna to put the wedding ring away, and I don't want really anybody to know that I love her with all my heart. How stupid is that? I mean, why would I want to do that? And the truth is, a lot of people, they say, well, you know, my, my relationship with Jesus, it's private. I don't want anybody to really know about it. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to, you know, to cause any, you know, ruckus in my family. I don't want to do anything that would cause harm to anybody. Listen, hiding your faith is the worst thing that you can do. They ought to see it in you. 
And you say, well, Bo, how do I do that? Well, that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. So you got to not only be changed on the inside, it needs to be seen on the outside. Our walk should match our talk. And here's the thing. I don't know if you're a true believer or not. I don't. But God does. And one day, guess what God's going to do? He's going to separate the posers from the possessors. He's going to separate the weeds, as, the, as the, you know, the verse said that we read last week, the weeds from the wheat. And he's going to separate them. And, and listen, I hope that you're going to be that wheat. You're going to be that possessor, not just a poser. Well, today, we're going to continue our look at this series, Don't Call Him a Cowboy. And here's number three. All right, you guys are taking notes? Write this down. If you're taking notes in your mind, register it in the front of your mind so that you'll remember it. How many of you guys got a bad memory? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. But here's the thing. Number three is this. A relationship with Jesus on the inside makes us new. A relationship with Jesus on the inside makes us new. I want to show you something new at our house. I want you to show that picture. Can you see that little baby right there? That's our new baby colt. He's brand new. Thank the Lord, it's a he. He's going to get a witness. Too many mares, not good. But anyways, this is our new colt. Uh, We haven't named him yet. My, My daughter's thrown out Oreo. Don't think so. Not manly enough, um, but that's our new baby, and uh, it, 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 it's amazing to just be around a new baby uh, colt. I mean, they're just beautiful. We uh, grab him. We, uh, we, we kind of rub all over him. All the kids rub all over him. He's going to be the pet in our house. I mean, he's going to come, you know, I mean, he's probably not going to be worth squat because he's going to be so lazy and fat and, you know, just spoiled rotten, but here's the thing. He's brand new. I mean, he's perfect. He doesn't have any scars, doesn't have anything, and he's been made by God. I mean, God makes everything, right? He is brand new. Now, here's the thing. If we are going to have a personal relationship with Jesus, we will be brand new. You say, well, what's that mean? Well, one pastor puts it this way. Religion makes you nice, but a personal relationship with Jesus makes you new. Religion just makes you nice. You can say all the right things. You can tip your hat. You can, you know, quote some verses maybe. You can say you believe and all that stuff. But that just makes you nice. But a personal relationship with Jesus makes you new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New. Say it again. He is a what? A new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Do you know what the key, key phrase is there? In Christ. Do you see it? It says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. You say, well, what's it mean to be new in Christ? Well, it means a lot. It means a lot. I want you to listen to this. Here's just a few things that it means to be new in Christ. We go from being lost to being found. Praise God. Amen. We go from being a sinner doomed to hell to being a sinner saved by grace. Amen. Can I get a little excitement today? <clears throat> Come on. I know some of you guys are like been sucking back the NyQuil or, you know, the Dramlamine for all the allergies, but it's time to get excited up in here. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm tired too. So let's get a little excited here. You say, what does it mean to be new in Christ? Well, we, have, we go from no purpose to having an eternal purpose. Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> okay, <laughs> I like that. That gets me fired up. We go from being uninformed to being transformed. Yeah, I mean, those are just a few of the things that when we're new in Christ, that that's what it makes us. I want to focus in on two more things today, and I want to look at this uh, and, and study this today. Being new in Christ, number one, is this. And, I, and these are, there's just two things that I want to focus on. Being new in Christ means that we have died. It means that we have died. And you say, well, what do you mean by died? In Romans 6, 1 through 7, Paul has just told the disciples, he said, when sin increases, guess what? Grace increases. And listen to their question. In Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 7, it says this. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who are dead to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him in baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we, may, uh, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in his death, or in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. And then listen to these verses. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that, that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Do you see what those verses are saying? It's saying this. It's saying if you are new in Christ, it means that you have died to your old self. And you say, what was my old self? What? Thank you, Don. <laughs> what was my old self? You know what your old self was? It was a slave to sin. A slave to sin. Look at verses 6 and 7 again. It says, for you know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we no longer uh, be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Do you realize what that's saying? I know this is kind of deep for some of you, but listen. You know what that's saying? You know, you, when, when God created the earth, Adam and Eve were in the garden. Guess what they did? They sinned. And because of that sin, guess what? When we're born, guess what we're born into? Sin. And you know what? When we give our lives to Christ, guess what happens? We've been made new. You know why we've been made new? And you know how we've been made new? We've been forgiven of that sin, and we have died to that sin. And you say, you know what, Bo? I mean, I mean how, how can we die to our sin? I still sin. I still, I still struggle. How can we be dead to our sin? You know what this is saying? It's, saying that, it's not saying that we're going to have like this life that's a sinless perfection. That's not what it's saying. You know what it's saying? Uh, you know, it, it, says that, it says that we are not controlled by the sins and s the, the power of sin. 
That's what it's saying. To be new in Christ means that we have not only been forgiven our sin, but we have been set free from sin's grip. Thank you. <laughs> and you say, well, what does that mean? Well, here's the, let me give you some examples. When temptation comes, guess what? We have the power to say no. Amen? We have the power to say no. When temptation comes and you're tempted to drink one too many, we have the power to stop. When, when temptation comes and you want to look on the internet at that stuff, we have the power to stop. When we're tempted to say something about that person, we have the power to stop. When you're ready to lash out in anger, you have the power to stop. Some of you guys that grew up in a church, again, that didn't ever reveal that power to you. And you've been living in sin all your life because you've been trying to do it by the rules of religion. Listen, there is a power that you possess in Jesus Christ that gives you the power to overcome your sin. Do you get it? I mean, for me, this releases me. You know why? Because when I'm tempted to do something, I call on the power of Jesus Christ in me, and then he gives me the strength to say no. Some of you guys need to get this. Because some of you guys are giving in to temptations all the time. I mean, every time you're tempted to do something, you just give in. You say, well, I pray. Okay, well, that's fine, and that's what you're supposed to do. But do you live your life out? Do you truly call upon him? Do you truly live your life for him? Because he wants to save you from that temptation. Listen, when we have a relationship with Christ, our new self is able to defeat temptation. And some of you, again, are fighting temptation on your own. You can't stop buying all that stuff. You can't stop eating too much. You can't stop looking there. It's like, it's like having a power tool and not plugging it in and trying to use it. Listen, you've got to have the power, and that power comes from knowing Jesus Christ. You may be thinking, well, I have too big of a past to die, die to it. I mean, my past is way too big. You know, I can't die to all that stuff. I mean, that's too strong. I mean, that temptation's way too strong. I can't die to that. I can't overcome that. No, that's not true. Christ's power in you is greater than the sin of your past. It's greater than the sin of your present. And it's greater than the sin of your future. Amen? <laughs> listen, Ephesians 2, 4, and 5, listen to what it says. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. You say, you know, do you hear that? I mean, it's saying that even though you were in sin, guess what? Christ still died for you. You know why? So that you can have the power to overcome sin. That's why he died. Even though you've sinned in the past and will continue to sin, Christ's love and grace covers your sin. Listen, being better won't cut it. Only Jesus can do this. Trying harder doesn't do it. Only Jesus can. Being religious cannot do it. Only Jesus can. He's the only way that you'll ever be dead to your sin. And so number one, to be new in Christ means that we have died to our old self which was slave, which was in slavery to sin. Number two is this, and I'm done. Not only does it mean that you're dead to your old self and to sin, but it also means that you have been made alive. 
You have been made alive. Romans 6, 11, look at it. It says, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but what? Let's say it again. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Listen, we died to our old self and the sin that went with it. But when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, he makes us alive. He makes us alive. And you say, well, what does it mean? What does it mean to be alive in Christ? Here's what it means. It means that we're able to live through him. We're able to live through him. Look at 1 John 4, 9. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live what? Through him. And you say, what does it mean? What does it mean to live through him? You know what it means? It means that we have the strength that he has. When you possess Jesus Christ in your life, guess what? He gives you supernatural strength. It means that we have his power living inside of us. Listen to Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1. Paul's praying, is, he says this, I keep asking that God of, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Listen to this prayer. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and listen to this, and, the, and his incomparably great power for those of us who believe it says that that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised christ from the dead and seated him at his at his right hand in the heavenly realms you know what paul's praying for the people there he's praying that they would realize that they possess the power to live a life of power you get it when we, when we have power through Jesus, we can say no to sin. We can forgive others that don't deserve it. We can forgive ourselves. We can win the battles of our mind. We can win the victories over death. Listen, we can defeat anything that sets itself up against us through the power of Jesus Christ. Amen? I mean, seriously. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but this floors me. You know why? Because I don't have to fight alone. Some of you guys are fighting battles on your own, and you're trying to do it on your own. You're trying to, you know, live it out on your own. You're trying to overcome things on your own. Listen, you have to turn to Jesus to find the power to not only be dead to sin, but to overcome it a time and time again. And again, the secret is religion can't do that. It claims to be able to do that, but it can't. Only through a relationship with Christ do we possess the power to do these things. Only through him. And so, in closing, I want to say this. A relationship with Jesus Christ makes us new. We are dead to our sin, but we are alive in Christ. We are alive in Christ. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a minute. Here's my, my first question. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, I want you to, to, to think about this question. Have you been made new?
I didn't ask you, have you joined a church? I didn't ask you, have you ever, you know, walked an aisle or done any, you know, kind of, you know, church thing. I'm talking about, have you been made new? See, again, I think some of you and then even some people that are listening to this on the Internet, on, on our website, some of you have been living this, this life that's, that's good. You got a good life. You got a nice life. You're a nice person. And, and maybe you went through some classes in church or, you know, or somebody, you know, shared with you something, but, but it really didn't change you. Maybe it's just what you did. It wasn't who you are. Listen, today, God wants to have that personal encounter with you. He wants you to be changed. He wants you to be new. He wants you to have the strength and the power to say no to sin and to overcome it every time it rears its ugly head. But it's only through Him that you can do that. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, how many of you guys would say, you know what, Bo, I'm, I'm that religious person. I, I kind of grew up in a religious home, and all I did was just deal with religion. It really wasn't a personal thing. Anybody with your, would raise your hand and say, you know what, that's kind of where I was at. Thank you. All across the room, kind of where I was at. I, I was kind of a, the religious person. I mean, I grew up with it, but it wasn't really ever made personal for me. Anybody else? Yeah, thank you. Listen, it can be different for you today. Maybe, maybe you realize today that, that you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. That you've just gone through the motions. Listen, it can be made personal today. Here's how, here's how we make it personal. We surrender our lives to Jesus. You say, well, how do I do that? The Bible teaches us that if we will confess with our mouth that He is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead and that He lives in heaven, we will be saved. You know what that's saying? All we have to do is confess and say, okay, I've been a religious uh, person. I want to have a relationship. Please forgive me of my sin and come into my life. Maybe you need to pray that right there where you're at. Just in your heart, you need to say that prayer. Listen, that's what it takes to be in a personal relationship with Jesus, not just to be a religious person. And listen, if those of you that maybe uh, grew up in that religious state of mind or that religious kind of uh, family, listen, if you will give your life, if maybe you just prayed that prayer right then and you gave your life to Jesus for the first time, listen, now you have been made new. And the more time that you spend with Him, the more time you spend in His Word, the more He will renew your mind. He'll renew your heart. He'll comfort you. He'll strengthen you. He'll give you the power to overcome everything that sets itself up against you. And so don't walk away going, yeah, I just made a decision for Jesus today and not learn anything about him, not grow in that relationship. The decision that you made today is just the beginning. Now you need to exercise your faith. You need to exercise the power that you have in Jesus. And so have you been made new? I hope that you have. Are you dead? Those of you that have been made new, are you dead to your sin? Are you living in sin still? You say, well, I I don't have the power to overcome it. Well, again, you do if you know Jesus. 
And so are you free from uh, sin's grasp? And most importantly, are you alive in Christ? Some of you live in, in your sin and you just waller in it. You live in the past and you just waller in it. It just kicks your butt. Every time you think about it, it just, it just gets you down. Listen, God wants you to live a life that is alive, not dead. He wants you to live a life that's full of joy and peace and assurance and security. And so maybe that's you. Maybe you need to become more alive in Christ. You need to say, God, wake me up. Give me a new perspective on, on the way that I'm supposed to live my life. And help me to live alive for you. Listen, I, I, I don't know where you're at, but God knows where you're at today. And he knows what you need to, to do in your life. So I, I hope that you'll be obedient no matter what he's telling you to do. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. and We're going to be dismissed today. If you have a uh, decision that you want to share with us, all we ask you to do is grab an orange sheet off the guest table, fill it out, put the decision that you made and place it in the offering bucket and we will contact you. If you need to talk to someone, we're here for you today. If you want us to, to talk to you on, later on, fill out that orange sheet and we will contact you. Lord, I just come to you right now and I thank you for the power that we possess in you. Lord, I thank you that we don't have to give in to temptation anymore. Even though it gets the best of us sometimes and we get weak sometimes, we have power in you. If we'll just call upon that power and we'll rely on that power. And so, Lord, I pray for those today that maybe have uh, just been religious and have gone through the motions, maybe look like it on the outside, but on the inside they haven't been changed. Lord, I pray that you change them today. Lord, I thank you for the power that you do give us to live a life that is alive. And I pray that as, as believers in Jesus Christ, that we would live every day of our lives for your honor and your glory. Lord, we thank you. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Again, we want to thank you for listening to this message. And if you have questions, please contact us. We would love to visit with you. Again, Thousand Hills Ranch Church at yahoo.com, or you can contact us by phone, 580-216-6427. And may God bless the ride you're on.